You're going to be a football player when you grow up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. Our thanks again to Raiders cornerback Brandon Faison uh, for joining us in the huddle. We're going to go right back out to the Raider Nation guest line uh, and welcome in our good friend uh, from Pro Football Focus, Austin Gale, who, by the way, is based in Cincinnati. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Austin is uh, in Cincinnati, uh, works for Pro Football Focus. First of all, thanks so much uh, for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, Austin, how you doing, my friend? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Uh, all right, let's get right to it, uh, Austin. A month and a half ago, um, you you could have made a strong case for just writing the Raiders off. I know, um, I think I used the term, their playoff hopes are on life support system a couple of times. I didn't, you couldn't say they were dead because, you know, they, they were still mathematically alive and I've learned my lesson on that. Uh, but they were pretty much uh, down and out. I think they had a 9% chance of making the playoffs about five weeks ago. Um, and yet here they are. Not only did they make the playoffs, they're the fifth seed in the playoffs, uh, crazily. So uh, if Pro Football Focus and Austin Gale uh, were to put their finger on why this has happened, how this has happened, who is most responsible for it happening, the improvements, whatever improvements were needed uh, in these last four games, where would you go? What direction would you go? I mean, I think a lot of the credit obviously has to go to Rick, you know, Bisaccio. Like, I mean, he has been fantastic in kind of keeping things afloat. There's a lot of reason for this team to kind of curl up in a ball and let this season kind of die in front of them, right? I mean, you look at other teams around the league that have, like, faded, significantly faded as playoff hopes kind of dwindled, right? Look at the Giants, um, Jags not playing as well down stretch. I, I think the Raiders really showed up, and with Bisaccio's leadership, have had a lot of success down the stretch. And then Derek Carr, who has had a lot of turnovers this season, it's not been a banner year for him, and holistically has showed up in these clutch situations, right? Like late in games, when they're trailing, has shown up and helped them win some football games maybe they shouldn't. And that's you know, really been his MO, similar to Stafford in that way, right? Not you know, comparing him necessarily as talents, but he has struggled with turnovers, and especially under pressure, but late in games has consistently come back and won for this football team. I think he and Stafford are up there with the most comeback wins of any quarterback in the NFL, really dating back to when he entered the league in 2014. And obviously the defense, Casey Hayward, has been a massive upgraded outside cornerback. He's been a presence for them. Trayvon Merrick is one of the highest-graded rookie defenders this year. And then obviously Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, such a big upgrade along the defensive line that really no one saw coming, right? Adding Unique Ngakwe, People need to see it before the Max Crosby. This was a breakout among breakouts, right? I think he'd be in contention for breakout player of the year if that was an award, right? Not necessarily come back because that always goes to a formerly injured player. He's broken out in a big way for Raiders team that desperately needed a true number one pass rusher, and he's been just that. Austin, I got to ask you, how's the offensive line been grading out in the last month of football? I've heard from a people, a couple of people uh, for the Raiders, uh, from a couple of people. The analytics have come through. I'm not a big subscriber of what Pro Football Football Focus does, but uh, but how's in your opinion, how's the the uh, collective offensive line done in this final month? I mean, it's struggled, right? I mean, they've allowed a ton of pressure. Brandon Parker and Alex Leatherwood rank dead last. They are the second to last and dead last offensive linemen and pressure rate allowed. They're the only two offensive linemen this year that have started a bulk majority of games and allowed more than 10% 
of you know pressures on more than ten percent of their pass line snaps. It hasn't been good. Now Brandon Parker, you know, kind of a failed top of the third round pick that they've had years ago, probably just never going to happen with him. A former North Carolina A and T prospect that they traded up for actually with the first pick of the third round a few years ago. And then Alex Leatherwood, right, played left tackle at Alabama this previous year, then started the season at right tackle, played most of the offseason at right tackle, and then gets kicked inside the guard because he's struggling in that position. Playing a lot of new positions, very young player. You kind of expect him to not play all that well, but it's been bad, right? Andre James, a new center for them, has been up and down this year, has improved as the season has gone on, hasn't nearly been the liability that Parker and Leatherwood have, but still not playing well. And then it's been kind of a rotation right at left guard, John Simpson playing the most of late. Where there has been success, and I don't think this can be understated, it is at left tackle. And obviously it's a unit sport, right? It's a unit group. You need a good offensive line across the front five to keep pressure off the quarterback. But Colt Miller at left tackle has been spectacular in pass protection, really by himself along that Raiders offensive line, and has kept Derek Carr upright and avoiding a lot of blindside um, you know, sacks this year. So I think Colt Miller deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. But the rest of the offensive line is either young, new, or just not playing well. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with, with Andre um, in, in particular, I think he definitely has gotten better uh, as the season has gone on uh, and graded out uh, uh, much better by you guys. And even Leatherwood has had some moments. So I don't think the the the, the story's over for Leatherwood by any stretch of the imagination. He's actually had some pretty good games and played reasonably well, uh, you know, on Sunday against the Chargers. So, um They've they've been they've been somewhat respectable recently, and I think that's at this point that's about as well as the Raiders can or, or the most that they can expect from that group. I think down the line they're going to have to make some improvements, but there's still a future, I believe, uh, for, for Leatherwood and certainly Andre James. I thought uh, he he turned a corner this year um, and has been playing pretty pretty darn well um, defensively. Austin, you know, you just mentioned. Oh, let's get back to Derek Carr um, real quick. Uh, I remember Jerry West once told me guys could score 25 points a game, you know, shoot enough baskets, whatever, even on bad. And especially on bad teams, you know, you, you get the ball, you're going to shoot, you're going to average 25 points a game. He was more interested in what do you do when the game's on the line? Are you somebody that's going to run away from the shot? Are you somebody that's going to be able to make the shot? Can you lead in those moments? So in Derek Carr's case, even though, you know, from top to bottom, maybe it's not a been a great season for him, but in certain situations, he's been spectacular. Uh, and there's no other way to describe it but spectacular in certain situations. What's more important here for Derek Carr this year, the sum of the season or being right when you need to be right? Well, at this point, right, now that they've made the postseason, you know, you can go on a run without having, like, a holistically great playoff run, right? Like, you just need to show up in these moments to come back and win football games. And that's what Derek Carr has literally done his entire career. I mean, this season has been a comeback story with all the tragedy that has happened this year and all the adversity that they've faced. The fact that this offense even looks like somewhat competent, you know, competent is impressive and a big testament to what Derek Carr has done. The offensive line isn't good. Their receivers struggle to separate outside of Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller has been hurt since week 12. Week 18 was really the first time he's played literally since week 12. It's been all on Derek Carr to avoid turnovers and play like legitimate mistake-free football if they're going to go in and score 30, 40 points a week. Now, where he's shown up is obviously in these clutch moments to beat the Colts, to beat the Chargers late in that game. That is obviously so impressive. I think you should tip your cap, too, to one of the better career games for Josh Jacobs in that Week 18 performance. Now, going against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL in the Los Angeles Chargers, but still 
showed up in a big way against an inferior opponent. For Derek Carr going into this first playoff game, right, one, the defense can't give up 40. You know, Bengals' offense is capable of that. We saw that against Kansas City. But he has to be able to keep this game close enough to where in these clutch he can show up, as he has time in and time again for this Raiders team. We're talking with Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Austin, what is your assessment of the Bengals? Um, they, they let one go. They didn't play their starters in, in, in uh, Week 18 against Cleveland, and no, rightfully so. But Zach Taylor, to me, has done a great job. And I guess it starts with Joe, getting Joe Burrow and, and, and guys like Chase on the, on, uh, on the team. But what's your impression of the Bengals going into the playoffs? They're red hot, and, and red hot for the right reasons. Joe Burrow is going to finish the season as the second-highest-graded quarterback in the NFL behind Tom Brady, even with – his turnovers, and a lot of that's been because he's been hyper-efficient, right? He's been hyper-efficient on the opportunities he's had to throw the football. And Zach Taylor, you know, you look at the, the two weeks before resting starters in Week 18, Zach Taylor and that offense threw on more than 70% of offensive snaps. The only two times Zach Taylor has ever done that with Joe Burrow or any quarterback in Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow broke records. Right, you threw for over 900 yards, like eight TDs in that two-game span because – you know, it's a let Burrow cook situation, right? Throwing the ball when you have a quarterback as good as Joe Burrow or is playing as well as Joe Burrow is going to lead to more efficiency, lead to more points. And that's what made them look so dominant against the Kansas City Chiefs and a bad Baltimore Ravens team in that two-week stretch. They're red hot. How do you stop them? You've got to get pressure. If you are not pressuring Joe Burrow and consistently getting him down, you have to finish those plays as well, getting sacked, he's going he's gonna to eat you alive. I mean, they have a top – I think they might have the best receiving court in the NFL right now. But Antonio Brown out in Tampa Bay, Michael Gallup injured in Dallas, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and obviously Jamar Chase are the top receiving core. That's going to be difficult to stop. You have to get pressure on Joe Burrow to hope they don't put up 40, right? And even if you do get pressure on Joe Burrow, it's going to be difficult to hold this team under 20, 25 points. And offensively, find a way to push the ball downfield. You cannot, in my opinion, rely on Josh Jacobs to try and put a point there. You need to find a way to get the ball downfield, and that's going to take a lot from Zay Jones, it's going to take a lot from maybe Deshaun Jackson, Hunter Renfro, a healthy Darren Waller chasing these chunk plays that help the Raiders get out to a 3-0 start, right? And I know that's when Henry Ruggs was on the team. But you have to find those chunk plays. You have to find those explosive plays, maybe even if you don't have the personnel. Yeah, and that's actually kind of what the Raiders have been doing. I think the um, the balance that's provided by what Josh Jacobs has been doing, this little bit of a late-season surge, getting Darren Waller back, uh, shaking off a little bit of a rust – Carr and, and Waller just missed on a couple of plays on Sunday that with a little bit more time, I think they make, you mentioned Zay Jones uh, becoming more of a reliable wide receiver. I contend that this Raiders offense might be in the as good as it's been um, in terms of who they have out there and what they're doing now, being able to run the ball a little bit as they have been all year. It took a little while after Ruggs went down and especially after Darren Waller went down. But they're in a pretty good place offensively. And I have to ask you this, Austin, if it's snowing and it looks like it might, or it's blustery, um, and I know that, you know, let Joe Cook is a is, is something that everyone wants to, to see, but that might not be possible in a conditioned game uh, that we might see on Saturday. What's their go-to if that doesn't work, if they don't have that available? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm based here in Cincinnati, and reports are that it is potentially going to snow it will be a bit windy, and it will be cold. That should right limit both passing attacks, but I do think that it won't be so much that it limits them to a point where you're going to run the football and this game's going to turn into you know, a 6-3, 10-7 type of matchup. Right? I still think both passing offenses can be effective down the field. Now, 
if you have to run the ball and say the wind does get up over 20, 30 miles per hour and it puts you in a position where you can't throw the football, I do think that the Bengals might have the edge. They've had a better run-blocking success and have had Joe Mixon working well for them in previous weeks, whereas Raiders, it's been spotty, right? That offensive line, specifically on the right side, has not had a ton of success run-blocking, and I think they could get beat up in the trenches. Raiders need, and as much as the Bengals need, a good passing, you know, a good passing environment. I think they might have that, right? Weather doesn't look too bad. Well, I'm glad to hear that personally because I don't want to deal with no snow uh, going to uh, Cincinnati. But it is what it is. We all have to do what we got to do. Uh, last question for you, um, Austin. We're talking to Austin Gell from Pro, Fo- Pro Football Focus. He was nice enough to uh, join us in the huddle to de- here today uh, on Raider Nation Radio. Um, I think ha- have the Cincinnati Bengals turned a corner? And I know, you know, I, I covered Zach when he was with the Los Angeles Rams as an assistant coach uh, under Sean McVay. I always thought he was way too qualified to be that, you know, that position with the Rams. He was going to be on his way to being a head coach. But I remember coming into the season, and I was just had to shake my head of reports. Well, he's on the hot seat. I'm like, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to take some time. He's been there a couple of years. What's the impatience? Why so much impatience? Has he quieted that down uh, now? And is it full bore ahead with Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals? I think he has, right? I think the biggest thing with Zach Taylor is that if you're going to, you know, allocate any criticism his way, it's just the philosophy of this offense. They've just done a very poor job of like unlocking Joe Burrow really up into his last two games, where like again he broke records, where they were throwing the football downfield consistently and scoring a ton of points. The previous weeks, right, a lot of the, a lot of the reason why they lost games is because they were too conservative on offense, ran the football too often, did not push the ball downfield, despite having all the same weapons, despite having Boyd and Higgins and Chase, they weren't. They simply weren't creating a downfield passing attack or leveraging Burrow enough. Now they are, which ultimately does buy you know Zach Taylor more time. Hopefully, you go into the offseason, you recognize that, right? You go into this postseason and you recognize that. It's like it's no coincidence that we just threw for over 900 yards and eight touchdowns in the two games where we threw the ball a lot. Like we have to do that again if we're going to beat the Chiefs and we're going to beat the Bills. So these teams in the AFC playoff race that are going to put up points. You have to throw to score. The best teams in the NFL that win in the postseason score. And the best teams that score have good quarterbacks and throw the ball. Cincinnati has that. They can't lose that in the playoffs. They can't lean into Joe Mixon and lose what they've already started off in the last two weeks. Well, it'll be a fascinating game. Uh, I'm curious to see how the Cincinnati Bengals handle it. Uh, I look at the Raiders, and here's a team that, for me, is a little bit battle-tested, having a win four straight games just to get here. Uh, I think they've seen it. I think they understand it. I think they know how to uh, embrace it. We'll see about Joe Burrow uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know because we've never seen them in this situation. Yes, Burrow was spectacular as you know at LSU winning a national championship. So he could definitely rise to the occasion. But collectively, um, it'll be interesting to see who shows up and is ready to seize that moment uh, and the stage of the playoffs. But I know we're all going to be curious uh, to watch that. And Austin Gale, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the hole. Truly appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday, and we'll circle back to you down the road, my brother. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Austin. You got it. That was Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus uh, and uh, always uh, enlightened, enlightens us and sheds some light. And sounds like he's a, a, a big proponent of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so we'll see if uh, if that team that he thinks can show up does show up. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Embajador uh, uh, Tequila, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. 
Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Uh, when DC called it, I hadn't ran a, a draw, I think, in like two years. So I was, I had to ask DC again. I was like, you sure you called that? And uh, he said, yeah, 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 we're going to run it. So I, I looked and saw how far it was. I was like, dang, that is kind of far. Um, but I was like, you know, we'll see. You know, I never count myself out. I just, you know, go out there and play. I'm just going to, you know, take what the defense gives me. So uh, I saw that we had an opportunity down the middle. I knew that they had spread out. Uh, the linebackers had moved uh, kind of out of the box. And um, Andre was able to get a, a good, clean release up into the safe, the safety. And um, I was just running, man. I was just like, man, I got to get the most out of all the yardage. You know, I just try to maximize every opportunity. So that's what I was thinking. Um, I knew I was getting close once I got past Andre. I was like, okay, I got a shot. And um, when I started getting guys on me, I just, you know, wanted to keep my feet moving and driving and hope that I had got, you know, closer near it. Um, I kind of like when they when I got hit a turn, I kind of saw the green marker when I was falling. So that what kind of gave me a little idea that I thought I had it. So that's what kind of I got up and, you know, pointed down the field like I had it. Uh, and then, um, you know, the TV copy, they came up and was, oh, he ain't get it. It was one yard. Then, you know, we went to the review. And um, I was happy I was able to get that for my team um, and get us a first down. You know, I, I come in on third down. I'm the third down back. And, you know, that's just my job, like come in and, whether it's pass block or if they give it to me, you know, move the chains. So uh, I was happy I could do that for my team. I was Raiders third round, third down back, uh, Jalen Richard, um, talking about the huge run that he had Lincoln in yeah. that game against the Chargers. Um, they needed twenty three. He got he got twenty three well, on a you, draw. Yeah, it, he got it on the on the on the draw, and it just shows you how conservative the Raiders were going to go because they were going to call it. They they don't run a lot of draws, like Jalen said. They, they, this is not a big draw team. I think that's something that's missing in their offense as well as the screens. But there have been times when they showed. You remember the Denver game when they ran a screen and got like eighteen yards, and Josh Jacobs yep. or something like that, or whatever it was. I mean, that was a, a very surprising play. And what's what's also equally interesting about that, uh, Vinny, was when we were upstairs in the booth. Brent was watching a TV copy, and the TV copy had their yellow marker a yard further than the actual marker was on the sideline. So when they initially came up and said, no, he didn't get it, I was like, wait a minute, no, he's he's at the line. I'm I'm actually yelling up there like, you need to challenge it. He got the first down he need, <laughs> because, because he had enough distance. I knew where yeah. the marker was, and then they finally got it right. But, you know, that, that was that was interesting. Brent was like, no, he didn't get it. I'm looking at the co- – I said, no, the TV copy is wrong. The TV coverage is wrong. The line is a, a yard further than it has to be. That marker, they have those dang on pylon cams. Um, I was like, someone show it. He got the – he got – got enough distance and they got it right yeah and uh we were having the same conversation up in the press box because from our vantage point to me he got it yeah he got yeah. it it was it was it wasn't a hard call to make i mean you know yeah obviously you have to take a look at it and they did um but you know the, the, my point about that play and you know we talk all about analytics and all that and i know that it that it shows up in the whole scheme of things right like you can look at the numbers and put all your percentages on it and you know, uh, uh, try to make sense of it, um, you know, in, in, and it's all in retrospect. Everything analytics when it comes to numbers is based on what happened, not, but it doesn't predict what will happen, right, or, or what can happen. And in a football game, especially a one-and-done situation, Lincoln, 
you never know where the play is. Like, you can't account for that. Nobody analytically would say, run the ball right there. You just, you know, it's it's a give-up play. You're not, you know, um, uh, you, you're playing conservatively, as you said, which probably was what they were doing. They probably wanted to get a little bit more room for A.J. Cole to have a, you know, uh, uh, maybe flip the field. Yeah, because really there's no thing. play that's it has third and 21. There's there's really no play for that. You don't you right. don't have, it, it, exactly. <laughs> arsenal. You give me give me twenty three yards. <laughs> right, right. But but and and that's what's so great about football that that was as it turns out a, a huge play. And I give Jalen Richard a lot of credit because um, you know it's been he, he was hurt a lot this year. Uh, there were, there were some you know situations where he wasn't able to to be out on the field. Uh, he started the season in a walking boot. I could vividly remember him in training camp walking around in a walking boot. Um, but he stuck with it. And really the last couple of weeks, he's come up with some pretty darn big plays. It's not like he gets a lot of volume, but that play, and the, I, I forget exactly what happened in that Colts game where he, he came up with another key first down, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's what I love about football. You can't account for Jalen Richard picking up a first down on third and 22 or third and 23 on a drop play. But that's part of the beauty of just sports in general, Lincoln. Well, the the thing that I remember, and I thought that, you know, Jalen, you know, obviously we talked about the way he started the season being injured and stuff like that. I thought for a lot of, a lot of times that they were really sleeping on his ability. And and I yeah. understand it. I, you know, you got King and Drake, you got Josh Jacobs, you want him to be your future back. I get it. But Jalen has really been a, a really uh, useful player since he had broke out in, in that New Orleans game uh, back with J- Jack Del Rio. I think it was 2016, the last time we played New Orleans, um, and had that big, long run. He has a great burst through the hole, uh, often not really used, like I said, because it, it's it's been this team's sort of formula. When he comes in, he's the blocking back. He's the down back to help pick up. Does a good job of that, by the way. Oh, he does. Yes, he does. Because he's knowledgeable, knowledge of, of the offense and his ability to stand up, especially the linebackers and take on uh, big guys. So he does do a great job at that. But I think there are, there are places like that, that surprised all of us to see them run a draw, but it actually, the situation was really smart. It was a really smart call because, you know, Johnny Morton, uh, who's, who's sitting up in the booth next to me in the, in the broadcast, not broadcast booth, but in the coach's booth, saw that the fact that the, 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 the Chargers were playing what we call wide zone. Their linebackers had moved out by the tackle window so because they wanted to not allow the receivers to have inside access. They wanted to try to take it away with the type of defense they were playing. So a huge hole. And that's why Andre James's block was so critical. The moment he sustained that block, there was nobody within, tw- within another 10 yards, and that's why Jalen was able to get that first down. Yeah, it was a um... – it was it was a big play, uh, and by the way, going back to Austin Gell, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the Bengals, but he said that they're flying into the playoffs. I think they've won; they're, they're three and three in their last six games. So, and you know, one of those losses was a, a pretty decent beat down by the Chargers at home. Uh, they barely got by the Broncos, fifteen to ten. So, um, I, you know, I. I, I I think oh, the, let, the, let him be they, happy. You want him to be happy. He lives in Cincinnati. He's probably excited. He's looking forward to going to the game. Hey, the, 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 you know, undercover yeah. Bengals fan. Okay, enjoy it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think yeah. I think he I think he uh, he showed those colors, yeah. uh, which is all all good, all Absolutely. good. But I just I yeah I don't know about the um, you know the, the the flying into the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, well, and, you know what? I, I when I watched that Kansas City game, Kansas City versus Cincinnati game, I. I it, it absolutely baffled me how 
your premier wide receiver could get so wide open and so many times, and more importantly, yards after the catch. So it's like, dude, there's no one even in the picture when he connects with them, and then they, no one can catch him. So he, he has a huge game, and I'm like, why don't those things happen with us? Why don't we get play play games that have uh, uncovered, just like you know, just like the 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 Denver and Kansas City game that happened this past week? Denver had them. And then one one blown assignment. Somebody decides not to block the outside or defensive end slash outside linebacker Melvin Ingram on the end line of scrimmage, and he calls a fumble for a touchdown. That's the game. So Denver had him. They just found ways to lose it. And, exactly in a game that Kansas City <laughs> needed to win. By exactly. The way. Um, you know, and or you know, or, or so they so they struggled even in a game that they had to win, yeah. and it wasn't really the. And that's kind of where where I'm going um, with this whole. I, Look, I don't know what's going to happen Saturday, and the Raiders could get beat. It's a football game. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. But as I look at these AFC playoffs, uh, Lincoln, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, shoot holes in it if you need to. Tell me, you know, Vinny, you're an idiot. I don't see an unbeatable team in the. Bunch. There are no. There are no such things as unbeatable teams. There's, well, it's not. I mean, I mean you I know look, that, teams that get hot, but you look at this season. You know, would would you look at the the games? Some of the uh, you know, did you would you ever expect the Chargers would get mud slopped by the, the Houston Texans? I mean, I'm no. just going. But all season there were instances like that. People were the surprised Colts. that Indianapolis lost to to Jacksonville. We're Indianapolis right hasn't won in Jacksonville since 2015. I know. Why is that a surprise? So there aren't any you know uh, invincible teams out there. And like I said earlier in the show, you got to be in it. To, to, to have a chance at winning it, and the Raiders have that. They have that opportunity, plus by the seeding standard. The only team I didn't want to see in weekend one was the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the only team I didn't want to see because I don't think the Raiders have figured out a formula for slowing them down right now. They haven't played their best football. Now that they've got into a routine, a mode that they playing their best football, I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll take anybody else. I didn't want to see the Kansas – I mean, not the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll take the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll take it the way it is. And as you mentioned, if things fall their way, they could end up hosting a game. So, I mean, I like their standards. And the fact that they have experience uh, playing most of the AFC uh, uh, playoff teams um, is, is another good thing for them and, and moving forward. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, Lincoln, how many times did we talk about the schedule coming into the season – and yeah, it was a difficult schedule when you looked at the Colts, the Browns, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Miami Dolphins, right? And we, but as we talked about it and said it's a daunting schedule, but it's also an advantageous schedule because if you um, fancy yourself or presume yourself as a playoff contender, and make no mistake, the Raiders did all along, going all the way back to OTAs. There was a quiet confidence that this was a playoff team. But obviously they had to go prove it. And 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 the great thing about this schedule was they had to go head to head with a bunch of teams that they were going to have to be fighting off for a playoff spot. The Colts, the Browns, the Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Miami Dolphins. And guess what? Look at their schedule against those teams. Lincoln, they held their own in those games, they beat the Browns, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Colts, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Steelers. They lost to, ironically enough, the Bengals. Um, but I, I know the loss to the Giants was frustrating for Raider Nation. The loss to the Eagles, I mean, the, excuse me, the uh, Bears and the Giants were, were, were frustrating losses. But they weren't as damaging because they were able to take care of business 
in the head-to-heads against the teams that they were dealing with in the AFC. And that's why they're the fifth seed and not the seventh seed, because they did take care of business a bunch of, against a bunch of good teams from the AFC, Lincoln. Well, what I would say is this, is, you know, it's been a volatile season to say the least. I mean, but I would have never expected them by the time they got to their bye week to be 5-2. and two. I didn't expect that. And more importantly, you never saw sort of the second half collapse that they had. Right. You know what I mean? It, 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 the way it went down. Um, but to, to, at, at this particular point, you know, you look back and, and I'm, I've got my TVs on that are I'm right now replaying the Charger game because it's on NFL Network. But I'm going back over the past four games to try to put my finger on what has really clicked for this team other than what I saw um, during game day. They're playing some of their best team football. And that's what I'm, I, I celebrate because it's been a long time since we, we, we've had a defense that's, that, that's, that's mattered. Not just going out yes. there and going through the motion, it, that's mattered. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time for, for Derek himself to not rely on the same sort of people every single time. He, he's had to develop a relationship with Zay Jones. He, you know, you look at this Charger game, Vinny, the the the, the, set in the I think it started around towards the middle of the second quarter. They started doubling Darren Waller and Henry Renfro. They were going to make you go somewhere else with the football. Derek struggled with that a little bit because you remember that long pass uh, that he, that he missed to Zay Jones. Yeah, he had Zay a couple times, but he was focused on trying to get the ball to Hunter, and they were t- they were taking a lot of the things that Hunter mm-hmm. does well. They were trying to take it away, so he struggled. Held on the ball a little bit longer, took some sacks, just really never really got into a rhythm until they realized that they could go to Josh Jacobs with the run game. But Jet, you know, Josh was nursing those ribs. He they weren't he wasn't going full speed. He wasn't always out there. So they scrambled around to try to find their rhythm. They had to do that in every single game since the Kansas City game. Cleveland, Denver. They had to do it. They had to find a rhythm, find a way to win. It wasn't they start off like gangbusters, go down, march down the field, get some scores, or get a score, get a touchdown, something like that. Um and then all of a sudden, it's a little bit of a, a, a setback, or it's not fluid. It's not in, in, in a great motion, a momentum. Um, and I say that to say this. You need all of that. You need all that confidence, all that resiliency, all that adversity to go into the playoffs. Because starting off the playoffs on a road is a challenge. I care how you look at it. But, you know, like Brandon said, when we had, you know, we had him on, and other players have said, man, we, we, we just stick together. We're a close team. You need that now, and I, I think that that's finally. I think that finally holds true. One of the one of the most times covering this team, one of the one of the most recent times is, is that they they are together and they are playing like a team. I don't think there's any doubt of that, and I think it's a huge, huge, huge development. I can't stress enough how big that is, and I, this is why I think that. This team, um, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, and, and I actually think there might be some surprises here coming up uh, with the playoffs, but you know we'll see. But I think it's 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 um, it's probably become one of the Ra- one of Raider fans' favorite kind of teams. You know what I'm saying? Because they have shown the fighters' mentality. They've sh- they have shown togetherness. It's like a it's almost been like a movie this year, uh, Lincoln. And I've r- written a couple of scripts, and I know how formulas are. You know, you've mm-hmm. got three acts in a movie. Um, and then you had the end and the Raiders have, there's been trials and tribulations. There's been villains, there's been, um, ups and downs and all of those, everything that you would put into a great movie script has been here. Now we got to figure out 
is it going to be a great end to what's been a pretty compelling uh, movie? But I got to give the Raiders a lot of credit, and I think that it's why this team, in you know, maybe years down the road, people are going to look back on this team as far as Raider Nation and say, "Man, that was one of my favorite Raider teams," because they showed the fans something. They showed that they cared. They showed that they, they fight for themselves, and they have. It's there's a lot of. I know it's been unnerving sometimes. I'm not a fan, so I can't imagine how you feel up there in the broadcast booth, sweating through all these games, and obviously Raider Nation. <laughs> yeah. um, you know all the various heart attacks that fans have had, you know, <laughs> along the way. But but in a way, you almost want that because because that builds something, is it? Doesn't it? I mean, you're 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 going through those kind of it, it's it's when it, when you're winning easy, that's great too. And maybe at some point the Raiders will build a team that can do that. You rarely do that in the NFL. You have to know how to, what you just said, figure out ways. It's important, Lincoln. Yeah, it is important, and it's important to play like a team. And like I said, this is the first time in – I can't remember how, how long that, um, that uh, you know, they have a defense. And, 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 you know, that they can uh, – defense that can support the offense and get plays and, and the special teams. I mean, this is, this is a really a big team, big deal because the Raiders have had pieces in the past, but they haven't had as much together as they have right now, especially going into playoffs. I completely agree with you. I think they've built a pretty good team here, uh, and, the, and the people that are responsible uh, deserve some credit. Daniel Carlson has been worth his, his his weight in gold, Lincoln. I mean, he's got five game-winning kicks yeah. this year. That's, like, you know, invaluable to be able to – a punter that is as good as A.J. Cole. I know we're talking about kickers and punters, but it all adds up to – you need all of those components, every single one, special teams, a good defensive line that can get the pressure on the quarterback. They've shown that, um, you know, a, a good, capable quarterback. It's The parts are there, uh, and it's really kind of cool to see it all sort of come together. And I'm really happy for Raider Nation because they deserve it. They, they truly deserve a team that they can be proud of. You're in the huddle with Biddy Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Yes, I think so. You know, um, you know. Again, with Darren and I, were uh, you know, there's some rust there and some miscommunications and little things here and there that's easily fixable and easily correctable. I mean, we're correcting it on the field, kind of thing, um, uh, and, and all that. But um, you know, with the run game, you know, kicking up and with Zay stepping up and. Uh, Brian making some clutch plays for us and all these kind of things. I, th- I feel like, uh, uh, you know, we're a better team today than we were, you know, at the beginning of the year. You know, um, you know, I, th- I remember sitting here and saying, you know, do we have to throw for 300 yards to win a football game? And, uh, you know, because that's what the stats said. And now we can do that or we can run the ball. We can play action. We can do a lot of different things. And then the more multiple you are as an offense, the better it is for your team. That's Derek Carr talking about uh, where this offense is right now. And I got to say, um, from my vantage point, it's 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 as it's, it's in as good a position as it's been all year. Getting Darren Waller back, he was able to get on the field on Sunday, shake off some of the rest, rust. We saw him and Derek, um, you know, just an inch or two off on a couple of plays that I think are going to be there for them uh, down the road, maybe even on Saturday. Zay Jones has become a dependable wide receiver. Hunter Renfro, we know what he can do. Uh, uh, Josh Jacobs becoming a guy that two two out of his last three games goes for over 100 yards. He hadn't gone up for over 100 yards um, 
at all this year. Those are his only two games uh, rushing for 100 or more yards. Jalen Richard coming in uh, and providing a lift here and there. So it's all kind of coming together right now for the offense after some struggles. You don't score 30 points a game when you don't have Darren Waller out there and you lose uh, Henry Ruggs and the run game isn't quite where it needs to be. But it's starting to come into form for this offense just at the right time. By the way, real quick, uh, Lincoln, uh, I know Lincoln's a big dog guy. I'm a big dog guy. Have you ever thought about French Bulldogs? They're called Frenchies. And they're wildly popular dogs known for being sleek excellent city dogs they have a playful intelligent demeanor and they're known for their adaptability they love to be near people if you've been wanting or shopping for a french bulldog shop no more raider puppies are here in las vegas they're akc registered they've received all their health certificates all that stuff uh, has been taken care of they're puppies right now that are surrounded by love and attention from day one 24 7 uh they're they're great i have one I got one, Francisco, um, and I'll tweet out some pictures at some point. The guy is just adorable. Anyway, if you've been shopping for French Bulldogs and they're one of the most um, popular dogs on the planet right now, uh, call or text 702-374-5040 to go inquire about a French Bulldog. 702-374-5040. Lincoln Kennedy, you just heard Derek Carr talking about how multiple the Raiders are right now, how they don't have to throw for 300 yards every game to win. They haven't thrown for 300 yards in a while, but they're winning ballgames. Jalen Richard, you know, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller kind of, you know, seeing what, where he's going to be on Saturday after finally getting back on the field on Sunday, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro. This offense isn't in a bad place right now. It's probably in as good a place as it's been all year long. Yeah, it really is, and 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 I, I think you're right because you know, noticeably that he tried to get the ball to Darren Waller. Obviously, um, he, and, and it's good to have him back. It's good to be, but I, I think the big thing, the biggest thing that I've taken away, especially from the offense, is this is the healthiest that we've had Josh Jacobs this late in the season. Oh and, yeah, and it and it proved his strong running style really proved worthwhile. Uh, in the Charger game to close out in that final drive. I mean, he got some. There was that wasn't a whole lot of daylight. He got through, and uh, but he was able to get use his uh, the, the, the stuff to get through. So I mean, that was really really exciting to see. You know, I'll never forget when the when the Raiders signed Kenyon Drake. I remember texting John Gruden. I was like, you know, why 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 Kenyon Drake? You know, he's like, did you see how many games we play this year? Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, seventeen. And basically, his point was need to preserve Josh Jacobs. One of the things that he hasn't been able to do through the first two years of his career, I know he ran for over a thousand yards. That's wonderful. It's awesome. Um, That's a benchmark for a running back without question, but he would come down to the end of seasons, Lincoln, like you just said, not healthy, banged up, tired, all of that. Kenyon Drake early in the year um, helped offset that to get Josh to this point right now. Uh, And that's a good place uh, for, for him to be. And you know what else? You mentioned Darren Waller and, you know, uh, sort of targeting him and whatnot. You know, sometimes through uh, losing a player, you know, a big, huge, valuable piece to your offense, I'm not going to ever sit here and say it's a good thing. I'm not going to say that. But you, there, there's positives that can happen. And one thing that the Raiders were forced to do out of necessity because he wasn't on the field is figure out ways to still be able to score points and move the ball without him. In a in a weird sort of a way, Lincoln, that that actually helped. Now that you get him back, you already know that you can win without him and produce yards and points without him. Now getting him back is just kind of a bonus to what you've built while he was away. 
Yeah, and and again, it's it's proven huge because there have been times where he's hit some holes and come downhill in the fourth quarter, and just having that ability, that that style, that his ability, uh, utilizing his ability, and him being healthy enough to do it is really a great feeling. He, I think he had a 23-yard run and a 17-yard run right off the bat in overtime um, <laughs> on Sunday, and that was just those were statement runs. Uh, where the Raiders said, look, we can turn around and hand it off and still go get uh, big yard, big chunks of yards. Yeah. And they did, and that helped set them up you know, for that first field goal by, by, by Daniel Carlson. But I think now with, um, you know, with, with Darren Waller in there and kind of completing this offense, I still, I'm still waiting for Deshaun Jackson you know, maybe to have a, a big moment now that you, know, um, you, you mentioned. Darren Waller was getting double teamed. Hunter Renfro was getting double teamed. I know Zay's been getting his as a result of that, but you got to figure at some point they might pop one long to uh, Deshaun Jackson, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time. And it's also, you know, seizing the opportunity. The, the fact is, is when you, have, um, when you have Deshaun Jackson come in, they've had plays especially looking, you know, to try to get him involved. You, you got to be creative with it because teams usually keep a safety over the top when he's in the game. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 one of those things where they're going to take that away. You got to have another option, or you got to try to be creative to do it. There'll be opportunities that are come open. A lot of times when they're trying to do play action, they're trying to do those long angle routes to give them time to run across the field. And sometimes the protection wasn't always there. Yeah, that's another part of it. Uh, it's easy to sit here and say throw it long. Well, if if you got if you're if you're on the move or your pocket collapses, there goes that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: their car. Lincoln, a couple things. Derek Carr has been showing these last few weeks he can make some plays on the run. You know, it used to be where when he was mobile, eh, what's going to happen here? Probably throw it out of bounds or, you know, an incomplete pass. He's made a few plays on the run. And and introducing Marcus Mariota more and more and more, um, I think, has helped this offense. I, and my son said, why don't they ever let him throw? I go, don't think for a second that's not in the in the playbook. Right. And they're going to drop it at just the right time. I have a feeling that he's going to throw it here at some point, and it's going to be at the right moment and the perfect moment for it to happen. Yeah, it's coming. It's, it's things that you have to work in. I mean, you're still you're still trying to create a little bit of a feeler when you get them in the game and to keep teams off, you know, off on their heels. Um, it was interesting the way the Chargers played it, the way the Chargers played that that run RPO. You know, they, they weren't aggressive, especially the first time they ran it. They kind of sat back and waited for Marcus to make the decision and then kind of corralled him. But um, it was interesting going forward how other other uh, teams do that or direct that. Yeah, he actually just missed a touchdown. Um, I think if it might, I'm not. I don't want to single anybody about. It looked to me like Foster Moreau might have missed a might have missed a uh, block. Mm-hmm. But if somebody catches, you know, makes the block that was needed, Marcus Mariota scores a touchdown. Great play by whoever it was. I forget who it was on the Chargers to kind of you know uh, get under his legs right. as he was sort of headed to the end zone. But uh, that'll that's that's part of the arsenal. As well, just like where the Raiders are right now, I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. Uh, but they, as Lincoln said, they made it to the dance. You can't do anything without if you're not there. Yeah, like you got to be in it to win it. Somebody yeah. won a lot of money, by the way, uh, in that. Uh, yeah, because it came out 120 thousand. It wasn't me though. I was mad. God, every time I see that, I was like, I, I kick myself. I should go over there and buy a couple of. I got. I, I had a buddy that one of my buddies uh, won 80 thousand, 80 grand this year. He got one at what? over 50 50. Yeah, he won 80 grand this year. So it was nice. one of the 50-50 raffles at, at Allegiant. So, yeah. I like it. I like yep. Yeah, it's been, it's been building. Uh, all right. want to say thanks to uh, Austin Gale. 
from Pro Football Focus. Obviously, Brandon Faison for uh, spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, keep up the good work, uh, Brandon. You're doing a great job. Lincoln Kennedy, as usual, thank you for all your uh, insight uh, and everything mine, that brother. you do. Yep. And Damon Cotton, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, all the fans, all the listeners, all the callers, we appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. 4 to 6 p.m. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And by the way, Les Kekahuna is uh, texting me, so let's see what old Les has to say. I know that he's always got some thoughts about the game over there at Embajador Tequila. You guys all know him, seeing him over at Rockstar Bar and Grill. See you guys tomorrow.